The government has withdrawn its support for the Miss South Africa pageant. That's because organizers of Miss South Africa have refused to boycott the Miss Universe pageant being held in Israel next month. The Department of Sports, Arts and Culture said its decision to withdraw its support was because of Israel's ongoing human rights abuses against Palestinians. But what does it mean for reigning Miss South Africa, Lalele Mzwane, who has been thrust into the spotlight for all the wrong reasons? I'm Catherine Rice, journalist for News24's multimedia department, and you're listening to The Story. This week, we'll take a look at what happens when beauty pageants and politics collide. You're listening to The Story. It's a podcast by News24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story, This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. We're talking to Channel 24's Gray Morkel. Gray, thanks so much for your time. Firstly, tell us a bit about the reigning Miss South Africa, Lalele Mzwane. Morning, Catherine, and thank you so much for having me on the episode. Uh, Lalela was crowned Miss South Africa just over a month ago, taking over the reins from Shudafatsu Masida. She is 24 years old. And she's a trained ballerina, a model, and a Bachelor of Laws graduate from the University of Pretoria. As you mentioned, despite the public outcry for the country to withdraw from its universe, Lalela will represent South Africa at the 70th edition of the competition in Israel next month. The organization has maintained that it's been her childhood dream to represent the country on the international stage. And her hope is to use the platform to create awareness for her advocacy, which focuses on creating solutions regarding the country's high unemployment rate. However, as we've now seen in recent weeks, the controversy surrounding her participation at Miss Universe has now cast a very, very dark cloud over her efforts to make a difference in the lives of South Africans. Gray, she's really been placed in a tricky position. Do you think that's fair on her? She's damned if she does and she's damned if she doesn't. You know, Catherine, I think that it's very important to just note that the title of Miss South Africa is essentially a job and each title holder signs a contract which uh, specifies certain duties, uh, obligations and things that need to be fulfilled during her reign. Now, we can only speculate about the details of this contract, but what's most likely is that the decision of whether Lalela participate or whether she withdraws from this universe, that decision is not entirely her own. So what I do think is unfair is for Lalela to bear the brunt of all this backlash when up until now, we've only heard from the Miss South Africa organization and the Department of Sports, Arts and Culture who commented on the outcome of their discussion with the pageant organizers and not specifically with Lalela. And, you know, but still I feel that being said, the recent controversy will most likely follow Lalela long after her reign has ended. And although I think I certainly hope that this this is not the case, but it's rather unfortunate. How many other countries are attending this event and has any other country taken the same stance as our government? So every year, roughly between 70 and 90 countries compete at this annual pageant. And last year, we saw a significant drop in attendance when 19 countries pulled out because of the COVID-19 pandemic and restrictions on travel, uh, large gatherings, social distancing, so on and so on. 
And this year, Malaysia, Barbados, and Laos are among the countries that have already declined to compete in Israel. But according to these statements from their uh, specific pageant organizers, the decision was once again made due to COVID-19 hindering their local pageants from taking place and also limitations on international and domestic travel. Other reasons given for countries for not participating have also been around certain health matters. However, one representative who has taken a very public stand is Miss Universe Greece, Rafaela Plastira, who reportedly withdrew from the competition to show solidarity with Palestine. The organizers and the government, however, they didn't comment much further on her withdrawal, and the organizers have already announced a replacement for her. Gray, it's not just the government calling for South Africa to boycott the Miss Universe competition. You've reported on other bodies calling for the same thing. Tell us about that. 100%. I mean, we've seen a growing call for South Africa to boycott and more groups are lending their voice to the appeal as weeks have gone by. This includes political parties and Palestine solidarity organizations. However, the Miss South Africa organization is yet to officially comment on the government's decision to withdraw its support. So we have seen that boycotts in pageantry are not uncommon. And in the past, we've seen protests against racial, LGBTQI and other social injustices. I think that most notably is that in 1970, anti-apartheid activists protested against South Africa's decision to send two representatives, one white and one black, to compete in Miss World, pointing out that this decision propagated the policies of apartheid. So after that, several countries proceeded to withdraw from Miss World to protest apartheid South Africa's presence. And as more countries followed suit, the pageant organizers moved to ban South Africa from entering. And South Africa was only readmitted to the competition in 1991 after a 13-year ban for its racial policies. Gray, what does Mzwani have to gain by taking part? What are the prizes up for grabs and how could her winning Miss Universe change her life? So winning Miss Universe can significantly change the trajectory of a person's life. As I said before, the level of fame and connections, the relationship that you make during your reign, those can really open doors to future career opportunities, brand partnerships, and business deals. Miss Universe 2018, uh, Catriona Gray has launched her music career, and Miss Universe 2015, Pierre Wurzbach, has become a famous influencer, model, podcaster. Although the Miss Universe organization has remained uh, tight-lipped about the the cash prize, it is rumored to be in the six-figure range. And, of course, the winner will then relocate to New York, where she'll stay at the Miss Universe apartment, which overlooks stunning views of Central Park. The perks, I think, that most winners probably look forward to the most is all the travel opportunities and the access to exclusive parties, premieres, screenings, and red carpet events. And, I mean, that's not even mentioning the many, many beauty, fashion, wellness sponsorships and the opportunities to model for some of the best photographers in the world to build their modeling portfolio. So there are definitely lots and lots of prizes and perks, but this also comes with the responsibility of being Miss Universe and a chief ambassador for the organization, advocating for humanitarian issues and being a voice to affect positive change in the world.
Life-changing indeed. Thank you so much for your time. That was Gray Morkel, journalist for Channel 24. Joining us now is Roshan Dadu, the SABDS or Boycott, Divest and Sanctions Coalition. Roshan, thank you for your time. What is your response to government's stand and its withdrawal of support for Ms. SA? The um, SABDS coalition was uh, very pleased to see that our government is finally taking action. Um, it's made statements before, but is finally taking action and in this case enforcing the cultural boycott of Israel. Um, we were pleased that they did take this position um, and we hope that it will encourage them to further um, uh, take further actions around BDS, boycott, divestment and sanctions against Israel. Has your organisation been involved in protests about Miss South Africa going to Israel? Yes, we have. In fact, it was the Youth uh, Palestine Solidarity Alliance Youth League that have taken up the issue very strongly. Um, and they, in fact, had the first picket at the outside the offices of the Miss South Africa organization two weeks ago now. Um, we've also supported the, the statements and actions of uh, Chief Mandela Mandela, who again has taken up the issue very strongly. Um, and we're, you know, very supportive of the fact that he has did raise the issue and make it a national issue, in fact. Rashan, Miss South Africa, as we know, is not withdrawn from the Miss Universe pageant. What message do you feel that sends to the international community? Well, I think people have seen that that um, that it's disgraceful, especially for South Africa, a country that's lived through apartheid, to be sending a, a representative to beauty washes has been called um, the apartheid crimes that Israel is committing. And in fact, the Palestinian um, Union of Palestinian Women's Committees even has made a statement. And so I think, you know, it's, it's vital that South Africans stand with Palestinian women who have been calling for a boycott of this contest, um, given that Palestinian women are at the, at the sharp end of Israeli um, aggressions. Um, the violent settler colonial rule, arbitrary arrests and raids against um, the indigenous Palestinian women that certainly Miss South Africa should not be attending a, a pageant um, that seeks only to cover up these kind of atrocities. And in fact, in South Africa, just a few weeks ago, we hosted Muna Al-Kurds, um, who people will know was uh, voted one of the Times um, top 100 people for the coverage that she and her brother gave over social media of homes in the Sheikh Jarrah neighborhood of East Jerusalem being raided and uh, taken over by settlers with the uh, Israeli defense forces standing by um, doing nothing to stop this. In fact, uh, assisting the settlers in taking hold of these homes, um, legally owned homes of people in Jerusalem. Um, so I think when we see Muna Al-Kurd, a young Palestinian woman here, talking very movingly about what is happening to Palestinian people um, in what's called Israel, it's even more reason why we hope that this Miss South Africa will refuse to participate. Well, we'll certainly be watching that. And thank you so much for your time. That was Roshan Dadu, the SABDS or Boycott, Divest and Sanctions Coalition. We're now joined by the National Chair of the South African Jewish Board of Deputies, Professor Karen Milner. Karen, thank you for your time. 
Karen, what is the South African Jewish Board of Deputies' response to the South African government's withdrawal of support for the Miss South Africa pageant? So the South African Jewish Board of Deputies rejects the minister's call and and rejects the minister's repudiation of Miss South Africa um, on the grounds, firstly, that it completely contradicts the South African government's stated policy and policy stated by Durko, which encourages engagement um, and certainly has no official boycott against Israel. So it seems very strange that um, a minister on his own accord would come out and ask somebody like Miss South Africa to put her dreams and hopes aside on something that his own government actually doesn't support. So that's one of the key issues that we feel um, is just inappropriate in the in the minister's uh, call or the minister's rejection of Miss South Africa Miss South Africa participating in the competition. Um, and and it's really contradictory to a whole lot of other things that are happening in Israel that the minister has taken no concern about, including the fact that we have Bafana Bafana players playing in Israel. Um, and that feels completely like a double standard. And on the third, um, we really feel that the South African government is taking a conflict that's happening thousands of miles away that certainly requires engagement and and, and conversation um, and bringing it into the South African arena in a way that really disadvantages one of their own citizens. Do you think it's fair to place that kind of pressure on Miss South Africa? I think it's completely unfair. I, I, I think she is she's an adult, and I think that um, she, she seems, from what I've seen, and I'm, I'm no expert on beauty pageants, but she seems like a very competent person. But it's entirely unfair to place this kind of pressure on a situation that is really complex. Uh, you know, I'm in my 50s, I've been involved in this area for many, many years. And I sometimes start, still struggle to really understand what's going on in the Middle East. So to ask somebody in her early 20s, um, who, who, for whom this is not a, a, it's not a key area that she would be expected to know about, to ask her to take a position, and more importantly, to ask her to give up on something that's clearly key uh, to realising her, her dreams in, in, in the sphere is completely unfair. It's, it's, it's really, I feel like it's throwing a citizen under the bus and I don't think that our ministers should be doing that. How do you think government should have handled this situation? So I think they could have, I think they could have taken the opportunity firstly to support their uh, the, the, the Miss South Africa, um, who is going to represent the country on the global stage. Um, so that would have been, at, at a most basic level, they should have supported Miss South Africa in going. If they felt that they still needed to take a stand or make a statement around the conflict, I would have seen no reason for them not to say, we support Miss South Africa going, we wish her luck, we hope she wins. Um, we'd also like to take the opportunity to engage with the parties in this very, very complex conflict, to engage with them. We invite them to learn from the experiences that we have had in terms of negotiating a settlement for peace 
and we would love to be able to engage with both parties on this. And I say both parties, I don't expect the South African government to take uh, an Israeli side on this, not for one second. Um, I, I, there is no reason for them not to support Palestinians and Palestinian right to self-determination. I don't think there's a contradiction. There was no need for them, though, to make a fairly meaningless statement which isn't going to change anything, but which does really place an unfair burden on a young woman. Well, thank you so much for your time and your insights. That was Professor Karen Milner from the South African Jewish Board of Deputies. That's all we have time for this week. I'm Catherine Rice, and this week's episode was produced with the help of Amy Gibbings.